Sometimes we can feel so dirty and so unworthy and so unclean that we have a really hard time imagining that God would want us anymore. Have you ever felt that way? This is what we might call shame. Shame is a devastating experience because it can lock us into the idea that because of what we have done, because of our failure to love or our shortcomings in some area of virtue, well then, we are irredeemably bad. That we are ruined. That God couldn't possibly love us anymore. We feel like we're covered in leprosy sometimes. Ew, yuck, stay away from that person. They're bad. Sometimes if we let the shame do all of the talking, we might even start to think that God is repulsed by us because of our failures and because of our sins. But this weekend's gospel passage reveals to us in a beautiful way that that's just simply not the case. Our God comes to annihilate shame. In this encounter that we see today with Jesus and this leper, we discover that the Lord is not repulsed by brokenness. In fact, it's just the opposite. Our uncleanness is what attracts him to us. Lord, if you wish, the leper humbly begs, then you can make me clean, Lord. And Jesus, deeply moved with something like pity or something like compassion, or maybe even it's a righteous anger at this man's brokenness, at this disease, at this, this uncleanness, well, then he replies, I do will it be made clean. Far from repelling him, far from pushing God away, the leper's not-enoughness is something like a God magnet. Jesus finds our poverty and our emptiness almost irresistible. Why is that? Well, one theologian describes it this way. The sinner's misery attracts God because it offers him an emptiness that he can fill. Our misery attracts God because it is an emptiness that God can fill. And that's really counterintuitive to us. We usually assume that we have to, to clean ourselves up first fix ourselves. We have to make ourselves perfect before God even bothers to look twice at us. After all, that's kind of what we feel pressured to do all the time in pretty much every other area in our life. Outside of our closest friends and family members, we constantly have to put our best foot forward if we want other people to even care about us, to even listen to us. We need to be presentable and attractive if we're going to get that job that we want, if we want to make new friends in a new town, if we have a shot at getting into the right 
program or the right school, if we want to be popular with people, if we want to get a date for Valentine's Day. It's not a bad thing to put our best foot forward. St. Paul says as much in our second reading today, where he says, you know, so far as is able, please everyone. But so often, the world is superficial, and it is easily put off by our imperfections. It's so quick, isn't it, to try to eliminate and cancel us, ignore us. But when it comes to the living God, thankfully things don't work that way. Because God is actually attracted to all of our dirt, our grime, our sickness, our wounds, and yes, even our sins. But let's go even deeper into today's gospel passage. Because there's something that the leper has that's even more attractive to God than his ritual uncleanness. And that's this, a radical confidence in the mercy of God. The leper humbly turns to Jesus and he says, if you will it, you can make me clean. He admits his poverty. He reveals his wounds to Jesus. He knows that he can't do anything by himself. In a certain sense, he fulfills what our first reading this weekend demands from the book of Leviticus, that the one afflicted with leprosy announce his predicament, his plight, crying out in the streets, unclean, unclean. He says that to Jesus, look, I'm unclean, but if you will it, you can make me clean. He knows that he can't fix himself. And yet he boldly approaches the Lord anyways, radically confident that he will find in the eyes of Jesus not condemnation, but mercy. Let's pause for just a moment. What would have happened if our friend the leper had just kept Jesus at arm's length? If he would have thought to himself, eh, Jesus probably has way better stuff to do than to talk to me. And plus, he'll probably be grossed out by all of this leprosy on me. Why would he bother even looking at me, much less heal me? If he had reacted like that, this man would have missed out on mercy. But no, he comes and basically says, just do with me whatever you want, Lord. I am confident that you are a merciful Messiah, Jesus. I trust in you. And Jesus replies to him as he replies to every single sinner, every single broken man or woman who sincerely seeks his face. I do will it. I do have mercy for you. I do desire your restoration, your healing. Be made clean. Whenever I read these words of Jesus, I can't help but think of that moment in the sacrament of reconciliation. When the priest speaks the words of absolution over the penitent, who, like the leper, is begging for the Lord's mercy. And the priest prays and he says, I absolve you from your sins. I make you clean. I declare through the ministry of the church and the power of the Holy Spirit that your sins are washed, that they are forgiven. I do will it. 
be made clean. That is a gorgeous proof for us that God is attractive to the lowly and to the humble, to the contrite of heart, not the proud and the self-righteous. Jesus came to call not the righteous, but sinners. One of my favorite books of all time is one titled Insinu Yezu. It is a diary of a Catholic priest who has some really beautiful and consoling and yet challenging conversations with the Lord during his time in Eucharistic adoration. In one entry, Jesus speaks to the priest's soul with these words. I am Jesus. Mine is to save, to heal, to vivify, and to make lovely in the sight of my Father the souls that consent to the operations of my mercy and to the secret action of the Holy Spirit. And here's the part that jumps out. Confidence. Confidence opens the door to all the treasures of my kingdom. To one who has confidence in my merciful love, I can refuse nothing. Wow. Those words are really encouraging to me, who is so reliant on God's mercy on a daily basis. And I hope that it's encouraging to you as well. We can have confidence in God's mercy. When we do have confidence, he can refuse us nothing. And this aligns perfectly with what Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. Jesus told Faustina that that prophet of divine mercy, this, I desire trust from my creatures. Encourage souls to place great trust in my fathomless mercy. Let the weak, sinful soul have no fear to approach me. For even if it had more sins than there are grains of sand in the world, all would be drowned in the unmeasurable depths of my mercy. That is beautiful. And that's what the leper in our gospel today did. He came and he was not afraid to approach the Lord because he knew that there were unmeasurable depths of mercy. Let the weak, sinful soul have no fear, no shame, no reluctance, no anxiety. That is what the leper can teach us. St. Therese of Lisieux, whose spiritual director thought never committed a mortal sin, also had radical confidence in the mercy of God. But she makes it really clear that this confidence was not grounded in her holy behavior or in her perfection or in her own goodness, but solely in the goodness and the mercy of God. She goes so far as to say, much like Jesus said to St. Faustina, even if I had on my conscience every crime one could commit, I should lose nothing of my confidence. My heart broken with sorrow, I would throw myself into the arms of my Savior. No one could frighten me, for I know what to believe concerning his mercy and his love. And I know that all the multitude of sins would disappear in an instant, even as a drop of water cast into a flaming furnace. That is the depths of our God's mercy. In other words, 
you will not be able, try as you may, to make God stop loving you. It's impossible. Every single sin, every single mistake, every single failure, every single wound becomes the very point of entry of God's grace into your life. He's not embarrassed by your sins. He's not threatened by them. He is pure mercy. And yet, and yet, this is very important to remember as well. He is a mercy that is demanding. He is a mercy that is severe. He is a mercy that emphatically says, go and sin no more. So we ought not to presume upon God's mercy either, saying, well, God's really, really merciful, right? So it's probably okay if I go onto those websites again just this one time. It's probably all right to steal just this one time, to judge that person that I hate just this one time, to go get drunk just this one time, to keep sleeping with my girlfriend, to ignore the needs of the poor, of the church, of my family. God's merciful, right? So I can do all that stuff and and he's got to forgive me, right? That's dangerous. And that is not the kind of radical confidence in God's mercy that we need. That would be the sin of presumption. I think that the key is to turn humbly to the Lord, as the leper did in our gospel today, and just throw ourselves at his feet and say, Lord, without you, I'm ruined. I need your help. If you will it, you can make me clean. As we prepare to enter as a church into the season of Lent, just in a few days, I encourage all of us to once again turn to the Lord with radical confidence. Confidence that he sees our need, that he sees our helplessness, and that he is attracted, not repulsed, by our insufficiencies. He wants to fill you. And so we come to him with that radical confidence, and we trust that he can do all things, that nothing is impossible for God, and that he is love and mercy.